Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Money Pit is presented by Wagner Sprayers, QuickCrete, and the Angie app. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your money pit. Now, look, it's called the money pit, but for us, that's a term of endearment. That's a house we care about. That's a house we need to spend some money on, but we want to do it efficiently and effectively. And that's the kind of tips and advice we give you on this show. So if you've got questions about a project that you're doing right now or one you're planning for the weeks and months ahead, reach out to us with those questions at 1-888-MONEYPIT or better yet, go to money pit.com slash ask and record your question for the fastest possible response coming up on today's show as summer heat starts to fade now is a very good time to plan end of season projects that'll set you up for the cooler months ahead so we're going to walk you through five projects that'll save you time save you money and help you avoid some very expensive repairs when colder weather prevails and now that summer is at its hottest are you scraping for every possible way that you can to keep cool and comfortable well, we've got a few low-cost to no-cost tips to share that can do just that. And are you guys ready to take on a big painting project, like maybe painting the outside of your entire house? That's a great fall project. And as challenging, though, as it might sound, it's actually totally doable. So we're going to share tips on tools that make that job a lot easier. But first, what is your home reno plan for the year ahead? Do you have a project or two in mind? Well, we want to help you create your best home ever. So make a list. Pull inspiration photos. Start an Excel spreadsheet so you know exactly what you've got to spend and where and how you want to spend it. And let us help you get those projects done right the first time so that maybe by the holidays you're enjoying those new spaces. Reach out to us with your questions right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. That's 888-666-3974. Leslie, let's get to it. Who's first? Sean in Texas is on the line. He's got a question about a central vacuuming system. What's going on? Those are super awesome. I've been in the house about 10 years. I don't know how long the central vac system was in the house prior to me being there. Um, in the past year, I've gotten a lot of condensation water buildup in one of my inlet pipes, and that pipe runs inside my AC um, clock. And I just I don't have any idea how to keep it, the condensation because the condensation is actually running out in a brown, muddy-looking water down my, my walls and ruining my walls also. Okay, so this pipe runs through the closet where the air conditioning system is. Is that correct? Yes, sir. It runs through the closet and then up into the attic. Okay, so what I think is happening here is you have um, cold temperature on one side of this pipe, which is which is probably because it's running through the the room where the air conditioning is, and then you have warm air inside the pipe, 
which releases its moisture and, and, and forms a condensation. So the solution is simply to insulate the central vac pipe because that will prevent the temperature change and that will in turn prevent the condensation. You know, typically we don't insulate central vacuum pipes, but in this unusual circumstance, by putting insulation around the outside of it, uh, you will no longer have uh, the difference between the cold temperature on the outside and the warm, moist air on the inside, and that should take care of the problem. Would that be inside the attic? Because I've already done that in the closet itself, and it didn't seem to help. Yeah, I would do it across the whole pipe. Because if it's a condensation problem, you need to basically stop the temperature differential across it, and that'll do that. All right. Well, thank you for your help. I appreciate you. All right. Good luck with that project. Ellie in Wisconsin's on the line and just got a new place. Congratulations. And you're looking to put up some wall shelves, do some decorating, and show some things off. How can we help? I have a new home that is actually brand new to flip everything inside. I would like to put up wall shelving. I desperately need wall shelving in the bathrooms, I think, because I don't know where all the products would go, and I have no idea where to first to begin. Well, bathrooms are a great place to start your how-to project, Ellie. Uh, You know, I I give you a lot of credit for going out there and buying a few tools to get yourself started with. In terms of these shelves, you know, if it's a small shelf, like for knickknacks and things of this nature, you don't really have to attach it to the studs, which makes the project a lot easier. There's a whole bunch of different types of wall anchors that are out there that basically will hold just fine in that drywall. If it's even a little bit heavy, you can use something called a toggle bolt or this cool little connector that's called a monkey hook. It's like a piece of wire that goes into the drywall and bends up behind the wall. And those things can handle up to 50 pounds. So I wouldn't get too worried about having to go over the top with some heavy-duty shells and drilling through the walls. Because aside from finding the studs, you also want to make sure you're not finding, like, your plumbing pipes with that drill and causing a leak, which would be a big mess. Yeah, Ellie, you really just need a light-duty drill driver that's going to help you with a ton of projects around this new house. And for shelving, make sure you pick something stylish. You can go for some that are more shallow, more of like a leaner ledge. If you just want to put some artwork or some pictures on it, you can go for ones that are more deep. Maybe you want to put cookbooks or, you know, some bathroom products on it, depending on where you're putting the shelf. But make sure that you properly anchor it for the weight that you plan to put on it. And it's always good to put more weight anchors than you might actually put on the shelf because it's better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, but if it's light duty, you don't have to go ahead and worry about connecting it to the studs. You'll be able to hang it right from the drywall with using the types of connectors that we talked about. We've got Bob on the line who's dealing with the problem, maybe, maybe not, looking to add a radon fan to the basement. <laughs> What's going on, Bob? I have two sealed pits. One is a uh, ejector pump and the other is a sub pump. Um, that, that's for my utility sink and a floor drain. Since they're sealed and they're vented to the, through the roof, I was wondering if I could put on a, a fan for um, radon gases. I was just wondering if I could put one on that, that, that pipe going out through the roof. Hey, Bob, so I can definitely see how you might think that just adding a fan to those sealed pits right now would have some impact on your home's ability to vent radon. But the truth be told, it's actually a completely separate system the way a radon mitigation system is installed. It's not just a matter of having a sump pit with a sealed top. You know, radon mitigators will actually install the system in such a way where they confirm that they're pulling gas from underneath the entire slab, the entire 
surface of your ba- of your basement floor and not just from a pit like that. So I can't imagine that that would do very much to change the level of radon if it existed in your home. So I would encourage you to uh, do the proper testing and if it comes up high to put the proper system in. In terms of those pits, they're doing exactly what they should be doing right now because there's a sink on there. It has to be vented. It sounds like it is vented and that's really just to make sure it's going to operate properly, but it's not an option for you to further add a radon fan to that. That would simply waste energy and not be very effective. Good luck with that project. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Hey, Money Pit listeners, if we've saved you some time, money, or hassles with your projects, you would totally make our day by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Betty in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. What's going on? Okay, I'm in Tennessee, and for several weeks on end, we have uh, temperatures from the mid-80s and up to almost 100. Um, During that time... When it's really hot, there is mold that comes um, into my closet that leads to the attic stairs. Okay. And it c- comes out from a couple of vents in, uh, in a couple of bathrooms and sort of on the ceiling and the hallway adjacent to the attic stairs. How do you know it's mold and not something else? Well, I mean, it's little black spots and... The reason I say that is sometimes if you have a difference in temperatures, you will get condensation of basically the airflow on those surfaces. Now, that condensation can deposit some of the dirt that's in the air. And it's not like you have a dirty house. It's just that sometimes you get uh, dirt particles in the air on the walls, and they'll stick to the cooler parts and not so much to the warmer parts. So, you know, one question I have is, is it really mold that you're seeing? Because mold doesn't usually become airborne. It just kind of grows on, on a surface. Well, I don't think it's sticking to cooler parts because the the closet that leads to the attic stairs, I mean, the heat is intense in there, and I try to leave the door open as much as I can. So um, if it is mold that's forming, it sounds to me like it might might potentially be in your duct system, which is unusual, but I'm wondering where else it could be. Have you had the system cleaned? Have you had the filters replaced on your systems? Because that should be trapping mold spores. No, I, re- I just really didn't know what to do. All right, well, here's what I would do. I would have the HVAC system inspected by your heating and cooling company to see if they find any of these deposits inside the system. And if that's the case, I would have that and the duct system thoroughly clean. I usually don't recommend that. 
because it's almost never necessary. But if you're getting this much mold forming in those areas, it may be that there are deposits inside the ducts and it does need to be cleaned. Just make sure it's done by a professional so it doesn't get released to other parts of the house, okay? Okay. Who would be the professional? Duct cleaning experts that um, have dealt with this problem before and your HVAC company may be able to point you in the right direction. Thank you very much. Well, as summer heat starts to fade, now is a good time to plan some end-of-season projects. So to help, we put together a short list of five projects that will save you time, money, and avoid costly repairs down the road. So let's get started with a few home improvements that should take place before the weather begins to change. All right, first up. Now's a good time to fix a swimming pool leak. And here's why. Now, a small leak that appears during the summer months can become major repairs during the winter if there's a freeze-thaw cycle and it opens up that crack to even a bigger one. So you want to make sure you find and fix all those small leaks before you put that cover on for the winter. Now, next, it is time to service your heating system. Now, we do know that it's still very, very warm outside And it's kind of hard to think about heat right now, but it's really important that you schedule a system service for your gas furnace, for your propane furnace. If you've got a heat pump, you need to get those heating systems cleaned and adjusted now when demand is low. The technicians are available, and you will be that much farther ahead when the cold weather sets in. When you wait till October, you usually don't get the service guys to come over until December. So do it once and do it right, right now. Yeah, it's always so funny when they're turning on the heat and you've got the air conditioning on and they're trying to make sure everything's working. It's so crazy. All right, now also is a great time to look for leaks because summer is a major time for water damage to occur in and around your home. Now, those summer storms that maybe popped off a couple of roof shingles, some leaking AC units, and other common sources of water, all of those can lead to mold, mildew, and then wood rot if they're not repaired quickly. So get those jobs done now. And while you're putting away your summer stuff, be sure to check out the condition of your driveway. If your driveway developed cracks or potholes last year, end of summer is definitely the best time of year to make these home repairs because patching your driveway will prevent future damage as that freeze-thaw cycles lets water gets in, it expands, it causes more cracks, more disruption. And if you get it straightened out right now, you'll avoid all of that aggravation and all of those additional repairs that will need to be done next spring. So there you have it. Five projects, all sort of weekend-ready projects that will put you that much farther ahead when the cold weather arrives. So get those jobs done now. Ashwani in Illinois is on the line with a lawn question. What's going on? I have uh, seven or eight uh, trees in my backyard, which are pretty tall, like you know, 30 to 40 feet, and they are close to my house. I have been seeing that their roots have started showing up on the ground. I don't know if it is because of the drought or what, like, you know, in a different kind of trees, uh, crab, uh, white ash, crab, apple. I'm just wondering, uh, is it something I can do to fix it? I have to get start getting rid of them because if they get weak and uh, they fall, then they might uh, fall on my house. Well, first of all, this is Mother Nature's way of growing these trees and the tree roots. And, and no, there's nothing you can do about it. If the trees are healthy, then, of course, the risk of them falling on your home is, is certainly reduced. Anything could happen in a storm. But, you know, I tell you, I'd rather have high trees around my house and take a, take a chance on one falling down in a storm than not because they're just so beautiful and they have so many energy-efficient benefits by keeping the sun away. Now, if they're very crowded, you may consider thinning them out. Sometimes you have to take out one tree to make room for another. It's a project I did myself about three weeks ago. Um, I had planted some trees 
uh, when we first moved to our house over 20 years ago. And it turned out that uh, one of them I felt was really sort of taking the sun away too much from another and causing it to stunt, and then it became uh, damaged by woodpeckers. So I just decided to take it out, and now that uh, tree that's next to it is doing much better. So sometimes you got to thin things out in order to give the remaining trees maybe the ones that are you know in the best shape or the ones you like to, to look at the most uh, a better chance of surviving and thriving. So I think this is really just sort of a management issue. I don't think there's anything wrong with what you've described. It doesn't give me any pause that you're going to have you know a lot of uh, risk of, of damage to your house. Like I said, as long as they're healthy and uh, as long as you are keeping an eye on them and making sure they stay that way, uh, and as long as they're not growing, you know, too terribly close to the house. I mean, roots that are within two or three feet of the house can cause foundation issues. But if we're talking about trees that are just in your backyard, uh, I think that you'll be okay just the way it is. Okay. And if they're that close to the house and if they're really tall and really heavy, then you may want to think about thinning them out. Okay? Yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Valerie in Arkansas is on the line with a flooring question. What can we do for you today? I have some ceramic tiles on the floor that have cracked, and it's just a hairline crack. But I was wondering if there was a way to repair those or if they have to be completely replaced. You cannot repair a cracked ceramic tile. Once cracked, it will always be cracked. The question is, can you pop the cracked tile out and replace it? Are are additional tiles of the same make available? That could require some research, but if you can't find the exact same tiles, you may have some other options. You could try to replace it with a complementary tile, one that may actually be a decor piece, you know, and kind of stand out on purpose. Or you could look for an area where you have tile that maybe went into a closet or something like that and try to remove that and use that to replace the cracked tile. That's kind of an extreme uh, example of it. Um, but at the least, the least you need to do is to is to figure out why it cracked, though, and usually that has to do with the floor system and that perhaps it wasn't properly installed uh, to begin with. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Um, I was afraid you were going to answer it that way, though. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie, what are some places that Valerie might look for if she was thinking about um, finding matching tile for an older floor? It's challenging to find a tile once, especially it's been discontinued. And also if you are new to the house and it's an old tile and you just don't know where it is. So say you've got a box. If you're lucky enough to have a box that has something with a manufacturer on it, you can at least reach out to the manufacturer and see. Or maybe you've got, you know, one or two new tiles kicking around. There are a few manufacturers across the United States that you can actually send that tile to and they'll actually make it for you if they have that glaze in their stock. A couple of them that do that are North Prairie Tile Works there in Minneapolis. But that's going to be a bit on the pricier side. It's going to run around $30 per square foot. So it really depends on how important it is to actually have this tile and to match it. You know, it's tricky. If you can try a couple of architectural salvage yards, maybe you can find something that works. Um, but I do like the idea of popping out a couple of things here and there to sort of make a purposeful pattern and add a detail in that wasn't there before. I think it's a cost-effective way to sort of, you know, keep the integrity of the tile you love, but make it new without spending a ton of bucks. Okay. All right. I'll try that then. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. 
Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Angela and George is on the line. I would love to tackle a painting project. How can we help? We have vinyl flooring in our kitchen and it's more than 20 years old, and um, there are just a few areas where it's starting to yellow, um, and it's like coming it coming probably from underneath because bleach doesn't doesn't work, and it's got nicks on it, you know, in it. Anyway, I was thinking I have always wanted to have like a black and white checkered floor, and this pattern is like a grid. It's like six, six inch squares. So it's already all lined out, and I was, you know, thinking about painting it black and white or whatever color scheme, you know, I decide upon. But I don't know what type of product to use. Yeah, I don't think painting a vinyl floor is a very good idea. I don't think there's any product designed for that, especially a 20-year-old vinyl floor. If you wanted that type of pattern, I would just get a new piece of vinyl. I mean, they're not that expensive. Uh, the the yellow that you describe is not a stain. It's a chemical reaction. What happens with vinyls, it ages, especially if it's had like throw rugs over it or rubber back carpets over it, is it's uh, oxidation that occurs that changes the color of the vinyl. A lot of people think that those are stains, but they're really not. It's just a physical change of the vinyl material. But I don't think vinyl can be painted. I mean, vinyl siding can barely be painted. And I don't recommend that either. There are some high adhesion 
primers used for that, but you know, take that to the floor. Now you've got to have something that's really durable. It can take chairs being rubbed across the floor and that kind of thing. So I don't think painting is, an, is a possibility. I would be considering another type of product. And you know what? There are so many new floors today. The prices have come so far down. You can get beautiful laminate floor now that's super water resistant for under about three bucks a foot. So I would take a look at the new flooring and, and treat yourself to, to uh, a floor that uh, looks like that pattern that you envision, but is much newer and more durable. Okay. Could that new type of flooring just be applied on top of this, like just right on top of it? You can put it on top. Um, if the old flooring comes up easily, I always like to take as much of that up as I can. I don't like putting layers down, but you know what? If it's uh, if it's solid and it's flat and... Uh, it's you know well adhered, then I think it's okay to go on top of it. Just keep in mind that when you do that, you make the floor thicker than it was before, or taller than it was before. And sometimes, not so much just with vinyl, but sometimes, like if you have a dishwasher, if this is a kitchen, you have a dishwasher, you can you could you could be at risk of sort of flooring in the dishwasher, so to speak. In other words. You could uh, have flooring that's thicker than the legs of that dishwasher. So what you really have to do is take the dishwasher out, floor all the way into it, and then adjust the legs and slide it back in again. All righty. Well, all of the appliances probably could be pulled out. Um, yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. All right. Well, then good luck with that project. The good news is you're getting a whole new floor. <laughs> it's going to be a lot easier than painting the old one, I'll tell you that. A lot less work, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Now and in the future. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Thank you. Well, now that we've reached the hottest days of the summer season, we're sure your air conditioners are working like totally overtime to keep you cool and comfortable. But there are some additional things that you can do to reduce that heat that collects in your house. And many of these can be accomplished with little to actually no cost whatsoever. Yeah, first of all, you want to take advantage of the clock setback technology by programming your air conditioner to run at the coolest temps only when you're home and at a slightly higher temp when you're away. Now, this way you can maintain a comfortable temperature and avoid completely overheating your house when vacant, which can take a long time to cool down again once you turn that air conditioner on again. Now, next, if you need to maybe bake a cake in the oven or run a load of clothes through the dryer, you really should think about adjusting your schedule to use those heat-generating appliances only at night when the temperatures are actually cooler. And if you've got central air conditioning systems or you've got rooms where you're running window units, that same air that leaks in during the cold winter months well, guess what? It also leaks in during the summer months, and that's why you should be closing storm windows. Yes, if you've got storm windows, you don't think about them in the summer, but you should close them in the summer to cut back on those warm air drafts that drive up the cooling bills. Now, if you've got a ceiling fan, you want to take advantage of their one energy-efficient feature, and that's that their motors are reversible. So you can control the direction of the blades. Now, you can use the fan to pull cold air up in the summer and push warm air down in the winter. You can upgrade to a more energy-efficient ceiling fan. There are Energy Star-qualified models out there, and they're up to 50% more energy-efficient than those conventional fans, and that can further help you to stay cool in the summer. I mean, especially if you're spending less money, you're definitely feeling cooler. And as that fall season approaches, now is also a good time to think about adding shade trees along the warmer south and west sides of your home. You know, adding landscaping in the fall is the right time because it provides plenty of time for the roots to grow deep and strong before the summer sun comes around again. We've got Ted from Mississippi on the line who's dealing with some bathroom odors. What's going on? We bought this house about two years ago, and we've noticed that when you end up the bathroom or the master bathroom, you close the door. We normally close that door when we sleep at night. And you get up in the morning, you go in there, and it's just 
kind of a sewage odor. Um, it's not it's not overbearing, but it's definitely there. There's two causes of this. Number one is when you don't have traps, because the traps basically the holding of water in that U-shaped P-trap or P-shaped trap stops the sewage gas from backing up into that bathroom space. So presuming that you have traps that are properly installed, that wouldn't be it. The other reason this this often becomes a problem is because of something called biogas, which is basically uh, essentially the bacteria that grows inside those drains. And the way to deal with that is by using an oxygenated bleach to not only clean the drains, but also to clean the overflow of the sink bowl. So, you know, when you close the sink drain, you fill the sink up, you have like an overflow towards the top. Sometimes that channel also gets filled with uh, with bacteria. So I would encourage you to try an oxygenated bleach in those situations and let it sit in there and hopefully it will attack any of the the bacteria that's lining those pipes and see if we can get this smell to, to go away because those are really the two causes of this. It's poor venting uh, or simply a problem with biogas. Right, okay. So give that a shot. Howard in Tennessee is on the line and needs some help making things around the pool not so slippy. What's going on? Uh, we have a concrete deck around our pool, and uh, it has been painted before years ago, and I was going to pressure wash it, and I wonder what kind of paint surface to put on there that would not be slick mm-hmm. where people would fall. Yeah. So I think what you want, Howard is a paint with a with an anti-slip coating. There are paints out there that have some abrasion uh, to them, and so they are specifically designed for stairs and, and wet locations, such as what you're suggesting. I know there's one at Home Depot that's called Sure Step, S-U-R-E-S-T-E-P. It's made by Insul X, and it has some pretty good ratings. Folks seem to be very happy with it. And it's designed as an exterior coating that does just that. It can go on on concrete. And what I would caution you, though, is if you are going to pressure wash, you want to make sure that that surface gets really dry and that you're lifting off any loose paint. Because as good as the top coat of paint is, if it's not sticking, it's not going to do you any good. So you want to make sure you, if you're going to pressure wash it, that's great. But make sure that loose paint's gone and give it a good couple of days in the sun to dry. Uh, before you put uh, the next layer of paint on it. But take a look at that Sure Step product, and I think that's exactly what you need. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I'd just like to say I love your show. It's uh, very informative, and here in Tennessee, we like it. Well, we thank you so much for listening there in Tennessee, Howard, and have a great day. Thank you, sir. Well, are you ready to take on a big painting project? Like, you know, maybe painting the entire exterior of your home? I know that seems like a very gigantic project, but it actually is totally doable with the new Wagner Control Titan Control Max 1700 High Efficiency Airless Paint Sprayer. Yeah, the Titan Control Max 1700 paint sprayers, they feature a high efficiency airless technology that can produce actually up to 55% less overspray compared to traditional airless sprayers, and the output sort of a softer spray with improved control. Now, that's all going to add up to a high-quality finish that goes on about three times faster than a roller to get the projects done very quickly. Yeah, and speaking of big projects, if you want to take on a project as big as painting your house this summer, Wagner has step-by-step detailed posts and videos on their website, and they're going to walk you through everything from the prep part to the painting. Now, whether your project is to paint a deck, 
a fence, or an entire home, Wagner airless paint sprayers make big jobs so much easier. The Titan Control Max 1700 can pull right from a five-gallon bucket, which means you don't have to change out paint cans so frequently, and that's going to save you even more time on the job. That Wagner Titan Control Max 1700 paint sprayer makes it easier to paint like a pro. It's available in both in-store and online at Lowe's Home Improvement, and you can see the complete line of Wagner products at wagnerspraytech.com. We've got Eliza on the line who wants to add some butcher block to the kitchen, but let's find out if this is the best idea. What'd you have in mind, lady? We're redoing our kitchen countertops, and I'd like to have a butcher block. I've heard that some types will warp over time. I was wondering if there's a particular wood or style that is more durable, that is going to be a worthy investment, or if it's a risk and I should just go a different route. Hey, Eliza, you know, butcher blocks were popular for a long time and they can be embedded into countertops, but I got to tell you, they are a lot of work, mostly because you always have to guard against E. coli bacteria. If they are not properly maintained, sealed, disinfected, you definitely have a risk of having bacteria sort of seep in there. When it comes to the types of wood You know, it really is always hardwood. The difference would be whether it's end grain or whether it's face grain. End grain is going to be a little more absorptive, but it tends to last a little bit longer. Um, Face grain uh, will not absorb as much, but it does get beat up and doesn't look very nice for a very long period of time. I mean, frankly, if it was me, I would skip a butcher block altogether today. I just don't think it's worth the work nor worth the risk. I hope that makes sense to you, and good luck with that project. Hank wrote in saying, birds periodically fly into my windows and either become stunned or they're killed. Is there something that can be done to make the glass appear as an object so birds avoid flying into the windows? It's so terrible when this happens, and truly most of the times they're just stunned. It is sad. In fact, according to the American Bird Conservancy, They shared that more than 250 million birds are injured every year due to these collisions with windows and other clear surfaces, and it's because they can't differentiate the glass from the sky. Now, the solution, Hank, is to install screens on the outside of windows, which makes the surface more detectable to birds, or you can add a wide variety of reflective strips or other similar products that are out there to help birds see those windows as an obstruction and not as a clear path forward. You know, I know, Hank, when you think of the term like a window decal, you think of something that your kids might put up for the holidays. But the ones that are meant to sort of make the glass stand out are very discreet, actually. And there's a lot of varieties that you can find to sort of help you solve the problem, but not create a decor problem. So you'd be surprised when you go searching that you're going to find a lot of great options that will work for you. And think of all the birdies you're going to be saving. I mean, it's amazing how they just get so simply confused and it's just, you know, alarming when it happens, but hopefully they're just a little stunned for a minute. Well, are you ready to start a new decor project, but kind of stuck at the starting line? If that's you, creating a mood board can unlock that creative process. Leslie share tips on how to do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, if you're feeling stuck and you're really just looking for a way to unlock your creativity, creating a mood board really is a great way to organize your ideas. But while traditional mood boards are often glued up boards filled with clippings and colors and textures and all the things that you like, digital mood boards are now taking this to a whole new level. 
Now, a digital mood board makes it super easy to create and integrate your collection of photos. Now, Pinterest posts and other eye-catching elements, all of those things you've got together, then you share those boards with family and friends for feedback. It really is a great way to kind of kickstart this creative design process because it helps you kind of define the style and overall look of the project that you're going for, and it allows you to visualize and organize all of those ideas and emotions And it's really an easy way to sort of put everything together in one place. So if you're looking on how to start these digital mood boards, you have to kind of figure out which free template you want to use. And there's a ton of choices on canva.com. There's really a lot to choose from there. Then you get started, you brainstorm a few keywords that describe the vibe, the aesthetic of your project, and take all those images that you've saved on your phone or Pinterest, and you just start arranging them in that Canva template. Now, with this digital approach, it's really just as easy to make two or three mood boards, kind of sort of suss out which style exactly you're going for or color palette or see them both together and kind of decide which option is best for you. I mean, it's really easy to sort of get this route going and then suddenly you're going to see this pattern come together and you're going to be picking colors and picking furnishings and picking textures and all of it. Just this amazing design process has opened up for you. So don't be afraid. Start organizing yourself digitally, and soon you're going to be enjoying that actual physical new interior design. What a great way to do just that. Coming up next time on The Money Pit, if you guys would like your home to feel open and airy, but you just don't have the budget for a big project, we're going to share some smart tips to help you open up the space without emptying your bank account in the very next edition of the money pit i'm tom kreitler and i'm leslie segretti remember you can do it yourself but you don't have to do it alone